right. At this time, I don't know if there are any, but if there are any little kids or preteens, teenagers that want to go over to the building next door, they are having their uh, pajamas, pancakes, and praise party. So if you want to make your way out, make your way out at this time. And um, I'll just give you a heads up. Michaela and I did the shopping, and we bought all the, the good stuff. I mean, the pearl milling, which used to be Aunt Jemima pancake mix and, and syrup, which is the best. Um, we bought all the Hershey syrup to, to, you know, all the Ghirardelli chocolate chips for the kids. So they ought to be really hyped on the way home, but then should crash really well and just take them to the room, lock the door, and you're welcome. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. So at this time, I want to just, um, I just want to ask a question. So my brother's here. He could answer to this. We, we grew up, you know, we went to West County, small town. Potosi's pretty small town. Anybody ever remember saying or, or hearing these things growing up? Oh, Friday or Saturday, we're going to the city. Anybody ever remember hearing that or saying that? And the city meant what? Could be anywhere. It could be South County, could be West County, could be downtown, could be North St. Louis, could be, you know, anywhere in the vicinity of St. Louis, you know, because we lived an hour to an hour and a half south. So I remember as a kid always hearing people say, oh, yeah, why don't we do that when we're, you know, when we head to the city? And I always wondered what the city was. And, and, and you know, looking back now, I realize that anytime my parents would say that or my grandparents would refer to the city, that means, or that meant, we were going to St. Louis. And I remember as a kid, it seemed like every Friday night when things were going well, we would go to Red Lobster or Outback as a kid. This was before kids started, you know, before we got big and started actually eating full meals and then we stopped going. Um, but I can remember every Friday night going to Red Lobster or Outback as a kid and then on the way home trying to stay awake the entire ride home, you know, from the city. Um, but now, I, as an adult, I realize that St. Louis is about an hour to an hour and a half's time. Anybody here ever still make trips just for dinner in the city? Anybody ever make a shopping trip in the city? You know, we, we go to Gravois Bluffs, or you may go to Chesterfield, or you may go to the city. You may go eat downtown. You may go to the Arch and all of these things. And let me just ask you, how often would you go to the city if you could not hop on the interstate or on the highway in your 70 miles per hour vehicle and had to walk or ride a donkey, would you ever go to the city again? No, he would say, forget the city. Uh, this is good enough. So here's what I want to do. I want to read Luke chapter 2. And now that Christ is born, so we celebrated Christmas last week, and thanks to Jeff for filling in on such short notice, and, and uh, the Christmas celebration, as we were all six sick over Christmas, which was an incredible you know, gift, I guess, but we were able to spend time at home uh, running fevers and having body aches and chills, and it, it was either the flu or menopause, um, one of those two, I, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, man. My jokes are not good this year. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we were all sick, and Jeff filled in had a wonderful Christmas service. But here we are. We're a week past Christmas, and it's New Year's Day. Here's what I want to do. I want to take a step back and look at the details of the story now. 
Because Christ is born. There's good news of great joy that the Savior of the world was born. And he was laying wrapped in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. And his, his parents laid him there. And here come the shepherds and, and the angels in the skies. And, and, and we don't know for sure whether it was a couple of days or a couple of years. The wise men come bearing gifts. And all of these beautiful elements of the Christmas story all really point to one thing. That the Lamb of God who came to save the world from their sins is now on the earth. Now, a few years later, that same child, that lamb that would be wrapped in manger, wrapped in swaddling cloths, would be then wrapped in linen cloths again, laying in a tomb, but then would leave the tomb empty. So all of eternity now has hope because of Christmas. But I want to look at kind of the details of this story and... I want to kind of point us into 2023 because whenever you look at the details here, it's for the first time ever, I really began to understand what went on for all of this to happen. You know, for us, we read this story, we, we flip from the Old Testament over to the New, there's a couple of blank pages in your Bible, and then you read the genealogies of Jesus. And, and if you don't know, there's 400 to 430 years of silence from God between the last page of the Old Testament and the New, in the New Testament. There's 400 years of silence and nothing going on as far as scripture-wise, but there's a whole lot going on in the world. We don't have it necessarily right here, but it didn't just happen. Jesus just wasn't born like that. So let's go to work. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2, and you may have heard it last week, you may have read it to your kids all all month. In In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called what? Bethlehem. Because he was the house and lineage of David. So there's so much going on just in these few verses, all right? If you remember when Jesus is an adult, they refer to him as Jesus from where? Jesus of Nazareth. That's where he grew up. That's where Joseph and Mary lived when the angel appeared to Mary and then to Joseph. So Dave, or so the city of David now, which is called Bethlehem, because it was a house and lineage of David. We also know that through the prophecies and the words throughout the scripture that Jesus would come through the lineage of David, but he would also sit on the throne of David, meaning he would be a descendant of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, they came to her, it came time for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, And wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. So there is the Christmas story again. But as we look now that Jesus is born and and the angels are singing and praising and, and the shepherds have visited sweet baby Jesus and Joseph and Mary. Let's look at something that was very interesting. It's kind of strange to me because for us, we read the story, but we may overlook the fact that Joseph and Mary lived in Nazareth when the angel appeared. Where was Jesus born? Bethlehem. 
See, for you and me, we make plans to go to the city and we travel the 70, 80, 90 miles just like that. In fact, we can go up there in the morning, shop and eat and spend the day. And then in the evening, we can also return home in that same distance. We can travel two different times of the day and have an incredible day, still make it home by bedtime or even for dinner. But here we are. So Joseph and Mary lived 70 to 90 miles north of Bethlehem. Mary at this point is very pregnant. I remember in December of 2013, Alb's, our oldest, was born in January of 14. We were living in North Carolina, and the doctor that Michaela was seeing uh, asked her not to travel home to Missouri for Christmas because she was nine months pregnant. And I don't know if you've ever gone through the mountains, you know, and, and the 17-hour drive home and then the 17-hour drive back to North Carolina where we were. Um, it's not very fun. In October, she was only about seven months pregnant, and for 17 hours, her feet stood up in the, in the, in the, uh, you know, on the dash in the, in the window, or she had the recline chair all the way back, had heated seats in the Ford that we had at the time, and, and was just miserably uncomfortable. So in, in Christmas time, the doctor asked her not to travel because she was too far along. Well, we're seeing Mary at nine months pregnant, getting on a donkey, walking through pretty rough terrain, roughly 80 or so miles. And what we see here is they are driven out of Nazareth to Bethlehem for what? For this census to be registered and to be ready to pay taxes. And what we fail to realize is that there, is, there are many scholars that believe that God was actually orchestrating this all over a period of time prior to the birth of Christ, because I don't know if you've ever traveled while being nine months pregnant, but it's not the most comfortable thing to do, especially on the back of a donkey and walking through pretty rough terrain for four to five days journey. So God orchestrates this census to be sent out, this decree to be sent out, because there was no real reason for Joseph and Mary to leave their comfortability and their home in Nazareth, travel the five days journey on a donkey's back, or walking through the rough terrain to get to Bethlehem to have no place in the end. Therefore, they use a major. They have no reason. See, in this day, there wasn't, hey, do you want to go to the pizzeria in Bethlehem for dinner tonight, or do you want to try the New Mexican spot? There was none of that. They had no reason to travel to Bethlehem just for, just for leisure or for fun. So God drives them out. Why is this very important? Why is this such a marvelous thing? Because Micah prophesied that the ruler of all of Israel would come from where? Bethlehem. Had to come from Bethlehem. That's why the birth of Christ doesn't just happen. That's why things in our lives don't just happen. Sometimes they do, but oftentimes there's things that lead up to the fact, or there's things that lead up to the climactic point in life. There's things that lead up to this decision or this point in where we get. So whenever Jesus comes born 2,000 years ago, it didn't just happen like that. They didn't you know, get, on the, get in the car and drive down to Bethlehem. No, no, no. This was a very uncomfortable, uneasy journey that they spent days traveling so that they could be registered because this is really the only reason they would leave their home is to actually obey the law and to go and to be registered. So it could be that God orchestrates the census to be sent out using a pagan world leader to draw Joseph and Mary out of Nazareth down to Bethlehem. 
Why, would, why else would they travel? I, I don't know. Um, could you imagine that, that journey? Could you imagine it just for a moment? Just, just entertain my, my imagination for a moment. Uh, we've, we've got four kids, and <laughs> there comes a point in pregnancy when women don't walk anymore. They waddle. You know, could you imagine, I mean, just, you know, the, hip, the hands are always on the back of the hip always on the lower back because of the pressure there and then there's pressure everywhere. And could you imagine that trip for a moment? Could you imagine Mary telling Joseph, my feet, my back, my hips, my feet? I, I mean, I remember at points at the end of Michaela's pregnancy, there were days where all she asked me to do were to rub her feet, apply pressure to her back, to rub her feet, apply pressure to her back. I mean, could you imagine this riding on a dog? This was not an enjoyable trip. This was not a pleasurable trip. This wasn't Joseph and Mary, hey, we're going to Bethlehem. You know, we're going to get some, some sun time. No, no, no. This was a painful thing. This was an uncomfortable thing. This wasn't a very pleasant thing. And I, and I always just try to picture, you know, Mary, because now that my wife's had four kids, I think I can kind of impersonate her a little bit. And uh, she's not here either. <laughs> she's next door. Uh, but I know, like, they just, I mean, they just, you know, they sometimes exaggerate a little bit. Isn't that right? <laughs> I'm starting the year off really good. But you know how those ladies get, you know. <laughs> And they're just complaining, oh, my feet hurt, my back hurt. For four days, Joseph's just walking along a donkey. And Mary's probably telling Joseph, like all the wives do, just rub my feet, don't get any ideas. Uh, Just rub my feet and apply pressure to my back. But for four days, they had no real reason to leave. And I say that because of this. Could it be that there are things in your life that are uncomfortable, are a little unpleasant, but that God could be using to draw you out of where you are and leading you where you have to be. See, they had to get to Bethlehem. Because if Jesus wasn't born in Bethlehem, then the prophecy would be wrong and God would not fulfill his word. Therefore, God would be a liar. And we know our God is not a liar. Therefore, he orchestrates the census through a pagan world leader, which is the only reason to draw them out. Mary and Joseph, they endure the journey and they endeavor across the terrain to get to Bethlehem. And then when they realize they get there, there's no place to stay. And then they have this baby and they lay him in a manger and they're surrounded by animals and strangers and and all of these guests keeps coming. And... Here's what I want us to do. This year, here is my goal. So I'll share two New Year's resolutions with you. And I'm sharing them with you because one's important for you all. One of my New Year's resolutions, and if you're making resolutions, just raise your hand. Just don't steal mine. I have to get up earlier in the morning. First of all, I'm not a morning person at all. I hate the morning. I hate speaking in the morning. 
In fact, I usually don't like to talk at work until after 8 o'clock because my caffeine's fully through me, and, and then I'm finally waking up. But I have to get up earlier because I need to be more productive this year, and I want to be more successful in some things, and I have to be early. The second thing is this, and, and I'm trying to announce this one to you because this is where you all could, could, could take this. I'm, adding, I'm trying to eliminate added sugar from my diet altogether. So I'm, I'm politely saying, please don't make me anything with sugar all year, forever again. And I'm, I'm asking with all due respect, I'm saying with all due respect, I'm not trying to be rude. I, I can't, I, I have to cut out sugar because it's, it's horrible for me. And I, I'm trying to get healthier and take control of my body and my brain. And I'm trying to do some things and age better. Yeah. Yeah. All added sugar. It's gone. Nothing. So I, I have to do these things. But here's the other goal. I, I want 2023 to be different than 2022. I'm kind of over 20s in general. You know, there was 2020, and then we had 21, and then we have 22. I don't know about you, but I'm just over the 20s in general at this point. But I am looking forward to 2023 because we all have this new passion and we all have this new fire right now. We all have this new urgency for life. And now we're, we're going to start waking up earlier. We're going to start going to the gym. We're going to eat clean for the next three weeks. And we're going to do all of these things. And we're going to kick the year's face off, right? I mean, we're going to just, you know, sucker punch it right in the throat. And we are going to take this year by the reins. But my prayer is that all of us would begin to see the little details in the little ways that God begins to work. Because my prayer is that all of you desire to reach a new destination in your faith and in your walk with Christ. Because God does not want you to be the same this year, next year, or the following year that you were last year, the year prior to that. So here is what you might see. You might see, as Mary saw, for four days, a very painful ride. You might see some painful relationship pruning. You might see some painful lifestyle habits and and decision-making having to be removed in order for you to truly reach the destination that God is calling you to reach. There may be people in your life that are toxic and do not build you up in your faith, but they are comfortable and they are close and they are, they are people that you may go to. But here's the reality. If you want to reach the destination that God's calling you to, there may be some people that he has to prune from you that, guess what? It may be painful. In order for you to reach that destination, in order for Mary Joseph to get all the way to Bethlehem, it was not comfortable. There may be lifestyle decisions. There may be habits that you make. There may be decisions, you know, or sinful activities that you participate in that you know that God reveals to you over and over and over to you as sin. And you continue to just comfortably and casually live in them. But God is calling you to a new destination and he's calling you to a higher level of relationship and faith with with him, and he's calling you to turn away from these sins. And here's the thing it might be painful because you know that in order for me to step away from this or to stop participating in that, that person or these people may have to go. Maybe there's ways that you're spending your time or your money that has to change. Maybe there are ways that you exhaust your resources that have to change in order for you to really reach the destination that God is calling you to. Because here's the reality. I'm hoping to go somewhere this year. 
Like, I don't know that we're going to move or anything like that, but I'm hoping to go to a new point in my faith this year. I'm wanting to reach a new level in my marriage this year. I'm wanting to reach a new height as a father this year. And I'm also tired of just kind of going through the motions and then just allowing things to happen as they happen and not really be focused and driven and disciplined to be sure that things go the way that God is calling me to go. So my prayer is that all of you, as you make your resolutions, that's great. As you hope to be a better person, that's great. But my prayer is that you would pursue the Lord more this year than you ever have. That you would look at the ways God is working in your life like you never have. That you would be more and more aware of his navigating and his pruning and his shaping and his molding that you've never seen before. Because I don't know about you, but my family has places to go this year. My kids got, we've got kids that need to be saved. We've got people that need to be reached. I don't know about you, but, but I got things to do this year. 2023 cannot look like it did in 2022 because there's too much to do. And I'm praying that our church as a whole sees more people saved in 2023 than we've ever seen before. I'm praying that our church in 2023 is able to give away money and resources and time like we've never been able to before. I'm praying that 2023, my forearms don't stay dry very long because I'm baptizing people, if you didn't get that. (laughs) Catch back up here. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I got some dreams and hopes for this year. I got places to go this year, Florida being one, but but other places too. I got a daughter that's going to turn nine in a few weeks, and she's starting to ask questions. And guess what? There's a real possibility that I'll be able to see one of my girls come to faith in Christ and be baptized this year. That, that's my hopes and dreams. I got kids that that know other kids and you know adults that need to be coming through these doors. I pray that the Lord sends so many people through these doors. We don't One, don't know what to do with them. Two, don't know where they came. Well, we all know that whenever they leave here, they're all going to be joining us one of these days in the glory and the majesty of our Lord. That's my prayer. I don't know about you, but I pray that some of you have to get up out of your pew and allow new people to sit because the the, the Lord is sending hungry and thirsty people for him. That's my prayer. And, And what I want to see is I want to be more aware of how God is orchestrating and navigating all of this. And and I want to take a step back and just be more and more aware of the details of God's plan. Because it may not be comfortable. It may require a lot of work. We may have to sacrifice more this year than we ever have. You may have to work harder this year than you ever have. You may have to pray more than you ever have. You may have to fast more often than you ever have. You may have to give and to serve and to sacrifice more than we ever have. But we've got places to be. We've got things to do. And one of these days, we'll be able to hopefully look back on 2023 and say, man, Isn't it kind of cool? Because as I was reading through the Advent story to my girls, and I brought this point up that they had to travel 80 miles, five days or so journey on the back of a donkey and walking up mountainside. It wasn't easy and it wasn't comfortable. 
And I said, you know, not always is our lives easy and comfortable, but God was still with them, and they had to get where they went in order for this to happen. And I was teaching my girls how Jesus had to be born in Bethlehem. Joseph and Mary had to get to Bethlehem. They had to. It had to happen. And there might be times where God calls us and guides us and leads us through some uncomfortable and uncertain seasons. But guess what? Once they got to Bethlehem, the baby was born and the star was bright. And once we reached through these new heights, and and I was telling the girls that there might be times in your life that you don't know all the answers and you're really unsure of how did this door just open and where do I go next? But my prayer is that all of us reach a point, whether it be this year, next year, or the next, that we're able to look back and look at all of the marvelous details lining up for God's will and God's plan to come to pass. So my prayer is for you all this year, is that you would truly pursue the Lord like never before, that you would pray like never before, that you would read the word like never before, before, that you would obey the Spirit of God like never before, that you would reach out to your loved ones or to your friends that do not know the Lord like never before, that you would worship the Lord like never before, that you would give to the Lord or to the needy like never before. But also, one of these days you'll be able to look back and think, man, Isn't it cool how all of this kind of happens? Because that's what we do today. We look at the Christmas story, but the more that we actually analyze the details, we realize that this is such a marvelous story. So here's what I want to encourage you to do with it in 2023, is to just just keep walking. Keep walking with the Lord, even if it is difficult. Even if it is uncertain, even if it is painful, continue to walk with him. Because one of these days, you may be able to look back and realize, well, this had to happen. This person had to go. This job had to stop. This relationship had to end in order for me to reach the destination that God is calling me to. Because here's the one thing I do know. Paul wrote Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that for those who love God, he works together all things for good. All things. All things. The rocky moments, the painful moments, the sleepless nights, the uncertain times. He works all of it for good. Not that it's always going to feel good, but he works all of it together for good. So the question I want to ask you today is, how could God work in 2023? He can't answer it. We have no idea how he's going to work. But let me just pose you a thought as you go into this year. He could use very strange people or circumstances to guide you to where you need to be. He may use those people that you did not see being used by God to guide you, to lead you to where he is calling you to.
he used a pagan world leader to send out a decree to draw Joseph and Mary out of their home to the place in which they had to be. How could God work this year like never before? Could you be guilty, as I am, of saying, well, there's no way that God would do that? You really have no idea how he's going to work. But my hope is that all of us would pursue him and desire him and to walk with him like never before. Because guess what? I don't know about y'all, but you can just raise your hand if you've got places to be this year. I, don't, I got places to be. I got things to do. I got friends to, to see saved. I got loved ones that don't know the Lord. I, I, I got kids that, that are getting old enough that start asking pretty difficult but deep. Cover. I, I got things to do. Therefore, I have to be ready to walk. I have to be ready to push. We have to be ready to work like never before. Let's pray.